Searching for clues to discover God's mysterious plan for your family? Then don't change that dial. Join us now in our discussion of the mystery of parenthood. Here are your hosts, Trey and Stephanie Cashin. Good afternoon. You've reached uh, the mystery of parenthood. Yes, this is Trey Cashin, and I'm with Thaddeus Romanski. And, um, Good afternoon, Trey. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? I always enjoy being with you, man. Man, me too. Me too. I enjoy being with you. I'm stuck with me. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, anyway. Likewise. Right. Anyway, let's begin with the prayer. Uh, In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord God, from you, every family in heaven and on earth takes its name. Father, you are love and life. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, born of woman, and through the Holy Spirit, the fountain of divine charity, grant that every family on earth may become for each successive generation a true shrine of life and love. Grant that your grace may guide the thoughts and actions of husbands and wives for the good of their families and of all the families in the world. Grant that the young may find in the family solid support for their human dignity and for their growth in truth and love. Grant that love, strengthened by the grace of the sacrament of marriage, may prove mightier than all the weaknesses and trials through which our families sometimes pass. Through the intercession of the Holy Family of Nazareth, grant that the Church may fruitfully carry out her worldwide mission in the family and through the family. We ask this of you, who is life, truth, and love, with the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Pope St. John Paul II, pray Pray for for us. us. Holy Family of Nazareth, pray, pray for, for us. us. In the name of the Father, Father and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Yeah, so um, today, um, I don't know, it's been something I've been thinking about both in terms of dealing with, dealing with, with um, particularly one of my kids and, and his openness to what's, you know, God's calling him to now. And partially because it's something I experienced this past weekend and looking back over um back over back over my history and what I've gone through in those in those moments and realizing that that there are certain things that are commonalities among people's experiences of God of God and then but then there are some very private um things and how do you how do you deal with it so this is about how do you listen to god how do you how do you help your kids listen to god because it's not while there are examples here um throughout scripture of of people who listen to god i mean we're not i don't know if fortunate's the right word but um you know not not necessarily got knocked off his horse but the typical saint paul is you know Lots of us, I think, would say, I would, you know, I kind of wish he would just knock us off the horse and say, this is, this is what you're supposed to do. Definitely. You know, and just make it, make it crystal clear. Um, and I think that sometimes it frustrates people when, in both directions, when people say, you know, God said, or I heard God say this or that. Um, for a couple of reasons. Sometimes it's just a way of shutting people off. There's some people who use that saying, well, God told me, and who are you to tell me it's not. But then on on the other hand, sometimes say, well, I've never actually heard God, or I don't think I've heard God. And so I found on Pathios just was going through and looking, you know, and again, this is a step up, stepping off point, I guess. This is just a way to kind of guide the conversation. Uh, it, it's neither all-inclusive um, or something that we say that it's the only way to go through it, but it's a way of kind of walking through how does one listen to God? How does one listen to the Holy Spirit in their day-to-day life and help recognize um what God's calling you to, if that if that makes sense. I think yeah. we as parents have to, we as parents, first off, we have to have experienced it to some extent, whatever way we have, we have to deliver that to our children at least to get them um, to where they expect to hear something. Um, but at the same time, 
more often than not, it's not a big booming voice coming down or, you know, yanking you out of your out of your chair and saying, this is what you need to do. Yeah, let me throw an example out to you of sure. uh, something from my life, from the not-too-distant past. Um, I was wanting um, wanting something to unfold or transpire. Right. And I uh, prayed a novena to St. Anthony about it, that it would... You know, it would happen. Right. And I had been praying this intention less focused, in a less focused way, before I began the novena. Um, and uh, the novena finished, and <laughs> there was no movement on this topic. Right. And But because I had been praying about it and had been on my heart and my mind for, for some time, I kind of, I took that as a sign of, well, maybe there, there is still this one other step I can take to try to move this issue forward and try to move it to some resolution. So I've kind of been waiting for it to be resolved without me really right. acting. So maybe, I should use this as an opportunity to maybe I should look at this as confirmation of I should show some initiative. Right. And I showed that initiative and then everything just like fell into place. Right. So is that an example of absolutely listening to God or God quote unquote talking to you or speaking? I to think you? so. I mean, there's, there's certainly a level of, of, discernment we'll walk through this but i mean i think i think that when you you pray and you ask i always i always appreciated this of my protestant friends um and of a particular book that i read a long time ago called experiencing god it's by henry blackaby it's a a baptist guy but it's always stuck with me because he said you know when you pray expect an answer (laughs) i mean expect something to happen um that there's some expectancy it's mm-hmm. not we're just going through the motions and it's going to go and i think so first off i think that's a good example of, there was some expectation because you're like wait a second nothing's happening and then and then recognizing that perhaps this probably was a prompting of the spirit saying whether you experienced it as such was okay there's something i i need to do and then let's just do that and then see see where it goes so that's probably more frequently the way God works in at least in my experience than the big you know life altering I know this was was God change that you see like with a Saint Paul or somebody like yeah. somebody like that um or even a Saint Francis or where you have you have that massive moment at that but i mean if you think about the people we're talking about or a mother Teresa's or a mother call Teresa, within a call a call within a call you when you think about those calls and, and i don't i want to be careful on this when you think about those i mean those are very extraordinary people with an extraordinary call we're all called to holiness all right i mean so altered the whole trajectory of those three people's lives right to 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 that but 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 each of us I think we can get caught in, well, if I don't do like, even if it's my own thing, if I'm not to the level that Mother Teresa is or to, you know, or St. Francis or St. Paul, then somehow I'm, I'm failing. Each of those had a particular call and a particular gift. We're all called to the same, you know, there's that holiness prayer, you know, I pray that I, that others would be holier than than I provided I'm as holy as I ought to be is a line in, in that. So there is some sense of I can be completely, I could be hypothetically, and I'm called to be full of grace to the best of my ability and living my life out. And not everyone can be Mother Teresa in terms of what she does, but everyone can be 
as filled with God's grace as she is so that in whatever state one finds oneself, how that plays out um, is living out holiness. So anyway, I, I think that sometimes the ones that have the greatest, you think about St. Paul. I mean, St. Paul, you know, was a zealous Jew hated the Christians and he's being called to actually not only convert, but then in turn go back um, and try to convert or talk to people that he's persecuted, you know? And so it's, I mean, that, that call is a specific call, a unique, unrepeatable call. And certainly I think that, that, I mean, I'm not God, but, but you could see that there probably would be something that would have to happen that would change course for that for him that would be more than just a s- still small voice on his shoulder on his shoulder hey what's what's he saying i mean it he heard the voice of god um why are you per- persecuting me saul um so again i guess my point is is we're trying i i want i want to spend some time going through this and and begin to say we should be list, trying to listen to what God's saying. We should be in conversation with God, and there are some things that we ought to do um, to help foster the ability to hear Him speak. Um, and then, and and actually, the seven. I think if you look at the seven that we're using from this, uh, I forget his name, Durfam. I think was his last name. Um, this was Daffern, on Josh Josh Daffern. Daffern. I'm sorry. Um, my thing went off here, but I think that the seven here actually the seven um ways I guess we'd say way seven ways to listen to the Holy Spirit are grounded in good not only theology but just good practical um applicable ways of of doing it. Um, but I think it's something that's missing because I because so so here's I mean I, I'm this will be a little bit of a digress. What we're longing for is not for somebody to know everything in the catechism, just like you'd know how to calculate a calculus problem or whatever, and you got the catechism there. We want somebody to fall in love and encounter a person, you know, and encounter Jesus Christ, and then fall in love with him, recognize the church for what she is as as um, his mother, us as his, his children, and then recognize that God has revealed through Jesus and through the church, his spouse, um, has, has left us more to learn about this person who we love. And I think what happens frequently is we go in reverse. We tend to teach the facts without having that, that love that starts with an encounter with an actual person. Well, if we're encountering a person, there is some sort of communication that that occurs there's some sort of listening and i think we as catholics sometimes because we have such a such a large amount of content that we can study and that we ought to study that we can say we've got to get started on this but it doesn't necessarily separate from evangelization separate from realize from realizing that this came from a person this came from a person who loves us so much that he died on the cross that sometimes we don't get to how do you listen to him speak? Because if you love someone, you want to listen to them. And sometimes we just start with speaking from some, certainly not an encounter, a book or whatever. God can speak through that. God speaks through his scriptures, which is a book. God can speak through the, through the catechism. But do we help our kids recognize when that that's actually him speaking? When we hear that, he can speak through a priest in confession or through a homily. There's so many different places he can. Are we helping us? Are we helping our children? And are we helping ourselves to recognize God still speaks today? So anyway, I don't. Yeah, I think that it that comes along with uh, fostering a Catholic imagination in our children, and that's something that the Catholicism has always done well is is <clears throat> that sense that all of nature all of reality is charged with god's presence 
right with the the mystery of he he is not his creation but he is uh, his genius his intellect his logos runs through his creation it runs through human uh, human beings he's he's there the spirit is there present in right the in same as, as any of us if we cook something or write something or build something or whatever you can recognize in the way it's built if you know the person that person in in there the way it's written the words that are chosen right whatever you can recognize the person the more you get to know that person who did it the more you recognize in that person in the work you know there's friends of mine that do certain things and i'm like that is so him you know right um, and I think that's the way God is, except God is on such a massive scale. It's everywhere we turn in his right. creation that he's there. So we have to constantly be, we have to be open to that. We have to look with eyes of faith on our, our day, on our, on our world. Right. And the then people we encounter the situations we live through. I mean, what, you know, I ran into somebody at a, at a wedding the other day and, and just some of what. I heard her speaking about for her for her daughter that was going through some things was just how they just tried to f- listen to God and took th- and you could just hear in the voice of the person. It's just amazing now when you f- we followed and things the way they've unfolded. You can right. see that it was what God was asking us to do. So anyway, hopefully these seven things um, and these these seven ways of listening to the Holy Spirit, listening to God. Um, will be something that we can put into practice ourselves and that we can deliver and help hand on to our kids. Is that, did you have anything else you wanted to No, that's good. But, so uh, the, the first one is spend time with God through Bible study and prayer, and number two is memorize Scripture. I think those kind of go hand in hand. You know, I don't know if you've heard, so they, they do go hand in hand. Um, I think spending time, we, we got to recognize that the Bible is – Jesus is the Word of God. <laughs> he He is the entirety of the revelation of of God. But 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 the Scripture is God's Word speaking to us in in written form. And so it's not like reading a book over and over again. It it is living. It is. I don't know if you're expect. My experience has been is that you know you 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 read something once, you may read it multiple times, and then at some point, based on where you are in life or some circumstance, all of a sudden, that verse that you've already you've already known is one that all of a sudden makes sense, or it becomes oh, I can see how that applies, or I can see how it applies today. The only way to do that is to be. In a, in a sense, kind of immersed in um, reading Scripture, immersed in studying Scripture. Um, I think it's a good idea to get, if you, if you can find a small group, to, to, to study with, with other people because I found that during that, somebody will have a different insight or, or, or something, they may be able to speak something that you need to hear if, if you're prayerfully going through a Bible study. And certainly you can study it by yourself now where do you go get those i mean you can you can get bible studies from um i know scott hahn's got it got one that you can go and grab you can get bible studies from that mitch father mitch pacwa has has some you could get um i mean there's just multiple places right. i would say get a get a get a catholic um bible study because it'll have it'll make connections for you i think t- that are important to make um with regard to that. And I think that um, spending time in prayer is important as well. And um, I think that praying over the scripture and listen and, and just taking time to listen is really important, but to hear his voice, uh, he makes a good point here. The more time you spend with God, the more familiar you will become with his voice the more we spend listening to his word read or either hearing it or in our, in our hearts, the more that we'll recognize something when it's what it is. I've always found amazing if you spend much time with how God can actually pull stuff up 
you know, things, a, a verse or something that you've memorized that will just at just the most opportune time will will pop up, mm. you know, mm-hmm. and we've got to recognize that when those things happen, that's not like, oh, isn't that odd that that verse came to mind, right? S- to step back and say, oh, wow. Maybe he's speaking something to me. It's providential. It's providential that it it's popped not coincidental, up. right? So, so for you know, for me, um, there's a couple points. For me, like I remember, you know, going through one of the more difficult times in my life, and I've kind of relived it just the other day, and um, and I we had kind of gone through a rough financial time, and and it was very scary, and. And I remember, um, I remember really getting to the point where I was so fearful of what might happen that my prayer was, you know, God, if, and this is kind of where part of where the mystery parenthood came from is this sense is I would never do, I, I felt like I was about to be abandoned, mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. I, I felt like I was doing it. And, and as a parent of, of at that point, the same number that I had, the problem is, is that those, the younger three were probably three months old, you know, that, that, that abandonment was like, okay, you can abandon me, but you know, because these people were entrusted to me, because these people, especially Stephanie kind of followed me down this path. Um, <laughs> how could you do that? I would never do that to, to a son of mine. And probably the most honest prayer I've ever prayed wow. under the circumstances. And so that so that um, that night, I mean, that morning I woke up, I, I got the kids together, and, and after I had prayed, um, I got the kids together and, and said, hey, we need uh, – first off, I said, hey, you guys, do you all believe in manna? And, of course, the older <laughs> – the oldest one said, "Oh yeah, I believe in manna." And I said, "We need to pray for manna." And and I remember that morning, I had I had had studied Psalm thirty seven, and I said, "Okay, well, let's just entrust this to God. You pray for manna." And this verse I studied this morning is, "Trust in the Lord and do good, so that you will dwell in the land and be nourished in safety. Take delight in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart." Commit your way to the Lord, trust in him, and he will act. And the the ironic thing is, is that as I as I studied this is thirty Psalm thirty seven three through five, in those things, in my mind I had condensed those thirty seven three through five into trust God, do good, and he will act. Because that was what was on my mind. Trust God, do good, and he will act. Now obviously that's Basically, three is trust God and then uh, and do good. That's the first line, 37.3. And then at the end, it says, and he will act. Trust in him and he will act. And I'd condense them together. So I'm walking out without a whole lot of, um, I mean, confidence in believing <laughs> that something might happen, but really not knowing why. And, and, and again, in doing that, say a prayer, walk out the door, phone rings, and it's a person who prior to my getting in trouble had, had been somebody I'd helped financially. And it was a, it was an older man who was about to get his electricity cut off. And he says, Trey, I, I need like $67 before we, bef- before three o'clock today. And I, I chuckled because I was like, I, you know, I, I don't have it, and you're just you and your wife. I'm, I'm, I got all these. I got my wife and kids, and and as I'm basically telling him no, um, all of a sudden, trust God, do good, and He will act. What was mm-hmm. going through going through my head? I'm thinking that's. I mean, every time I'm saying a sentence to him, I'm hearing trust God, do good, and He will act, and. At some point before I hung up, I, I, there was literally something that said, check the order tray. <laughs> and it was, trust God, do good, and then he will act. And I didn't have a, but about that amount of money in our account. And I remember saying, okay, 
I'll empty the account and give it to him so he'll keep it on. Well, later that, you know, what else, what, what the heck else do I want to do? I mean, like, like having $70 or having none, what's the difference? <laughs> but so it's a, and so I went ahead and I did it. Wow. And wow. later that afternoon, later that afternoon, I was calling on a customer and, and we sit down and, and he said, you know, it's kind of weird, Trey, because I knew you were coming. But my wife and I have been praying, and and we are convinced that God wants us to give you something. And I was like, what? And bottom line is they gave me a check that was a month's worth of check and just had nothing. I had never said anything to them. In fact, actually, I told them I didn't need it when <laughs> when I, when I he offered it to me. Uh, and then hopefully he said, me. no, take it. No, and he, he said, no. Well, he actually pulled, which is always a good tactic. He he'd said, I've heard you tell people that that part of mercy is actually res- allowing people to be merciful to you. And, and he goes, is that a bunch of bunk or do you believe it? And I was like, <laughs> okay. And he said, he said, so you're going to deny me the chance to be merciful. And I'm like, okay, no, I won't. And anyway, bottom line is th- those, that's a major event. Yes. That's uh, not, that's not, a, that's not a small event, but, but my, but my point is, is that that morning that was the 37, Psalm 37 was the reading that morning. So I'd encourage people, if you don't know, have a Bible study or anything, I mean, just read the readings for the day. Yes. I I, I find it oftentimes how frequently there's something, there's a line that I need to hear that day if, if if you read every day. I don't know how God works that out, <laughs> but but uh, but that's why He's God and, and yeah. I'm not. So right. so I think memorizing Scripture. So to this day, I actually had that quoted to me this weekend: "The trust God, do good, and He will act." Because I've I've told that, but but I do think that that is not only memorizing. That's not actually a memorization of Scripture, but <laughs> but it is a I guess a memorization of a of a uh, an idea that Scripture communicates. So. Anyway, memorization, I think, is really a good habit that sometimes people think is making it rote or something. I think it's more like loading your gun yeah. with ammunition, that if you memorize it and where it is, then God can actually pull it up. If you have it, and it can be kind of... The Holy Spirit's able to bring it. Yeah, can I inter- interject yeah, something here? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> a few weeks ago, I was reading something um, written by a priest about a blog post written by a priest about uh, examination of conscience for confession, and he talked about Christ's uh, temptation by the devil in the desert, and he said, "You know, the Lord he could have overwhelmed the devil in his." With his divine nature, right. he could have just you know, right boom, flicked right, him exactly. out, flicked he's him off a like a fly. You know, he's just a creature, right? But he didn't. He actually he encountered him and and defeated him, defeated his temptations with his in his human nature by calling on the word of God. He he quoted the word of God back at the right. at Satan correctly you know in the correct context with the correct meaning and he said what that should demonstrate to us is that the word of god has power there is power in god's word to stifle temptation to you know defeat the devil so arm yourself with pieces of scripture that will uh, neutralize whatever temptations or whatever uh, habitual sin patterns you have in your life, and and when you feel that that whisper coming on, or you feel that urge bubbling up, use well, scripture to 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 put it back in its place, to defeat it, to neutralize it, and uh, I think that's very uh, very good advice. Absolutely, and I think we as, we as Catholics really and you need can't to do that it. if you don't memorize it. So right, and you, that's is that's absolutely right. And so, what, how do I? I mean, I'm thinking about how I've how I've when I find a scripture, I'll try when I find a scripture that speak, speaks to me in a moment. It may be just one line. I'll try to commit it to memory. I will certainly, as he can attest, will highlight things, and I'll try to remember where it was, so that even if I don't, even if I don't remember 
the words exactly, which I should take time to do, I can know where to go back to find it. And I've right. got it highlighted where, I, oh, yeah, I know where to, to, to get to it. But it is something that we as Catholics, when we go to, when we go to Mass and we have the missalettes, notice where, where those things are coming from. They're not coming from the missalette. They're coming from actual the Bible. I'm amazed, uh, amazed at even my own kids. And I'm like, okay, those are, do you see the little small print up there? It says, you know, first Kings, whatever <laughs> that that's because it's actually, you could go to a Bible and open it up. It's there and it's there. Okay. No this is way, just to make dad. It, no way. This is just to make it there. This is just to make, so we help them make the connection in yourself make the connection between have a bible and then know what the readings are and be able to and be able to say look that that actually is from the bible itself right we hear more scripture in in a mass than most protestant churches ever hear in in a day in one setting they may have two or three lines we'll hear tons but it's important to know the context it's important to know yeah. You know, sometimes they skip lines. It's, I think it's sometimes important to go and look and see what what what's what's not included in it. Um, and so, anyway, I think you're dead on, and and from the standpoint that it's there to strengthen us, it's there to recall us. And I, like I said, as you recall things, do not miss those times when God will bring that to mind. And then stop, I think, and develop the habit of stopping and saying, okay, what are you saying here? You know, what? why is that popping into my head? Yes. You know, because if he's bringing it to your mind, there's something there he might have to say, and then stop and listen. Um, all right. So number three is, I think the next two also go – go together right. quite well. Cultivate a posture of listening in prayer and get still. Right. So I think because Catholics are really good about knowing their prayers, you know, mm-hmm. we can get into, we can get into the habit of just reciting prayers, maybe even prayerfully reciting prayers, maybe even actually, but not expecting an answer, not expecting something in return. And I think that that we have to listen. We have to be willing to listen in prayer. I I was uh you know the, I was r- r- going through um something this past weekend. I was with a good a big group of good friends and and you know and this is kind of how it works. You know, I I was struggling with some things that were going on and and I was a little afraid of of some stuff and that was happening and how's this going to work out and how we're going to take care of that and just a bunch of things and and I was by I was kind of not by myself, I was with some friends. And this is kind of how I think how sometimes things work. You start trying to listen. Lord, what are you trying to say to me? This is I've not been this upset about things. What are you doing? And then you kind of just go about your business and and spend time and you know with other people and and talking and so there was this great sense of fear a little bit foreboding fear that I had that I had felt for the first time in a long time about some mm. about some things and and so so what happened was is I go to bed really late I kind of stay up with a friend talking I think partially because I didn't want to have to think about things. I go to sleep and then, but I, but I, I go to sleep saying the rosary and I'm just not going to, that's how I was going to get myself <laughs> to sleep. Just, I'd said the rosary, but I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it again and hoping that he's going to grant me some, some rest. And I kept waking up and hearing these lyrics to a song that I, that I knew but I didn't know the word. I didn't know all the words to, I just knew parts of it. And so I'm wake up at five o'clock in the morning and the song is in my mind mm. and I wake up another time and the song is in my mind. I wake up in the morning and I start to read the Bible and all I can do is hear this song wow. in my head. And I, and I am going through 
and going, dadgummit. And of course, nowadays, the amazing thing is, is you can just plug in, sure. <laughs> and which is what I did. I said, okay, so what are the word, what are the lyrics to this dadgum song? Oh, okay, so you, uh, so you were just humming the the tune, the tune, and I could hear, I could hear the oh my soul. I knew the title of the song, but I was like, what does this song say? Because he he will not let me. So I'm wanting to read scripture. I'm wanting to pray, and I'm hearing this Christian song in wow. my head, and it's it's getting to where it's like aggravating, <laughs> right? And I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to stop now, and I'll look this up. And so, and I and I and all of a sudden, this I pull these words up, and it's it's you know, oh my soul, oh how you worry, oh how you're weary from from fearing you've lost control. This was the one thing you didn't see coming, and no one would blame you though if you cried in private. And all all these things were like actually just echoing what I'd gone through the day before. Wow. Even though I, I I didn't know the words to this song. I I mean I I I'd heard it before, obviously. But then, you know, and then it gets down to Oh my soul, which these are ones I didn't. You're not alone. There's a place where fear has to face the God you know. One more day, he will make a way. Let him show you how you can lay this down because you're not alone. And 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 for me, that was just something <laughs> that all of a sudden it was very comforting. But even beyond that, I'm with some friends, and then and then I, and then we're sitting around just having coffee, four guys, and a guy kind of out of nowhere says. Hey, why don't we just go around and say kind of what what what's your experience, something you're concerned about, or whatever? And I and we started talking about it, and then it just became sharing all of this with them. And then there was feedback coming back from people. There's prayers that started to happen, and that's the way God works. Yeah, you can't put them in a. I guess what I'm saying the the being listening. I always had the temptation to say. Would you just get that song out of my head when, in fact, that song, whether you like the song or not, was something that he, I think he was trying to to put words in my mouth and then answer those words at the same time. Not scripture. There's nothing scriptural in that. But sometimes you might be amazed. A, a, a person saying, I'm going to pray for you. He said, it doesn't sound like you know what you want to do, but you know what? God knows what, what he wants you to do. And so let's pray. And there were things that happened. So being around people, but you do have to listen. And sometimes in thinking we're listening, we're, we're wanting God to like booming voice. Yeah. And really oftentimes it's not that it's, you know, like the get still. One of my favorite is first Kings 19. Um, and and it's about Elijah. He's looking for God, and and he's waiting around, trying to where is God? And and you know he said he hears the wind. He said the Lord was not in the wind. And then in the then after the after the wind there was an earthquake, and the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after a, the fire a still small voice. And there is God. So sometimes God is whispering, and I think what happens, and I think I was even doing it. You can even do it in the name of I'm praying, right? Right. Uh, you can get in the way of sometimes God wanting to deliver a message to you. Will you listen? Because it may be a, in that case, it was a small voice that was just over and over. I couldn't get rid of, oh, my soul, oh, my soul. And to stop and say, okay, what are you trying to tell me? And, and listen, is something that we can sh- not put off by saying, you know what, I'm going to go fishing or I got to go to work. It's sometimes going to be put off. Oh, I got to finish saying my 10 are fathers. I mean, it can be that too. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes we have to stop and, and do that. And getting still is again, that sense of expectancy. We should in prayer have an expectation that God has something to deliver to us. He has something he wishes to say to us in some way. And when we, when we, then there's some level of excitement about getting still, you know, when, when the expectation is, okay, what does God have to say? I've got tons to say, but God's going to have something for me. What is it? Right. If we open, if we get still enough and say, okay, I'm going to, for five minutes, even if I don't hear anything, I'm just going to stop 
And if he has something to say, I'm going to give him the opportunity to say it. One of my professors did with his kids, which I've never done with them, but I think it's good, is he would take a, he would get a picture, save a crucifix or whatever, and he would just ask, as they got older, okay, just all I want you to do, I don't want you to say anything. I just want you to look at this picture for three minutes. Don't think anything. Don't say anything. And just listen. And that's a habit that can be cultivated, mm-hmm. but it's not natural, <laughs> I don't think. I mean, it's not natural to just sit there and try not to think, Yeah, what do I got to do next? <laughs> you know, what's the next thing? So anyway. I yeah, think- and you have to uh, sit down and practice that getting still and being quiet. It's not going to... It's not going to happen the first time because what's going to happen the first time or the first many times you try to do that is what you just said, which is what's on my to-do list, what right I forget, what's what, what the worries that I have in my mind. Those are going to all come rushing in, and you just have to kind of make yourself push through those, right, or ask for the grace to push through right. those. Right, and I, you know, Father uh, Bishop David used to always tell me that the best thing to do is to to acknowledge that they're there. Yeah. You know, kind of like, I know they're there. I know, God, you know they're there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then to say, I really want to focus on you. Would you help me just put it aside? Yeah, that's good. For now. Um, Stephanie, I know, has done it where she has a piece of paper. And if something comes up, she writes a note so that she mm-hmm. could, it's, that's her way of putting it aside. That's good. That's good. Um, so those are all practical things that whatever works, but it, and recognize that God wants you to pray, so all those things that are on your mind, he's very well well aware of. I mean, a verse that comes to mind is, God knows what you want before he knows, he knows before you even ask. So all those things that you're worried about, he's fully aware that those things need to be done, need to be taken care of, particularly if they do, and most of them do. So just give them to him and say, I'm going to set them aside for a second, recognizing that you already know these are concerns of mine. Right. And, but again, it's right. that sense of a, co- of a conversation of not, of not just dare you to ask just what, when something comes up and you have a question or you don't understand, or if there's something that's bothering you just to honestly just say, Lord, what are you trying to say to me? Or what do you want me to hear? And then leave it. And then just try to sit for two or three minutes or five minutes. Yeah. You know, Anyway. And then the next one is, um, this is an interesting one. I, I don't usually connect with um, prayer, but it's nonetheless makes a lot of sense. Seek wise counsel. God doesn't speak exclusively to you. He also speaks to those around you. And that is that is so, I think, critical. I, I spent, I was very blessed. There's a group of guys that we've gotten together for 11 years now. And every year that goes by, hey, listen, we can be silly guys too, okay? It's not that, but but these are all serious Catholic people. And what I know is I'm always better having come off that weekend. Right. Because, right. because we can talk about things that really don't come up. You know, if we go to dinner as a couple, they're just they're, – even if we go with them, they're just not going to come up. Yeah. And because we're there for an extended period of time and there's really – there's not no TV on – we're just hanging around. Um, there are, and we have people who are seriously trying to get us to talk about mm-hmm. what are the what do you see as the biggest problem in this, or what do you see as your so in that little setting of four, that's how this came up with me being able to share, and then by sharing them being able to point out what sounds like this is what's going on. Why don't, you know, God knows what he wants you to do, even if you don't. So why don't we just invite him here? Yeah. Now coming from somebody else that (laughs) means that, that means more than when I try to do it myself, especially from somebody you respect and and care about. So I think seeking wise counsels that the other thing about that is there are a lot of people who will claim that God has spoken to them in the name of God to justify (laughs) To justify their own agenda, agenda, yeah. Um, he's clear in this and pointing out, and that's why you always want to go to somebody who understands what the church teaches. That 
God will never contradict himself. Mm-hmm. The, the, he's been clear in his revelation of what of what is expected of a of a husband, of a dad, of a mom, of a child. Right. Um, if if there's something that comes to your mind, even scripture. So speaking of that, the temptations in the de- desert. One of the things that G- that the devil actually does is quote scripture. Exactly. You know. So so there. How do you know? Just because you can quote scripture doesn't mean. I mean, the scripture itself is inspired, but but the interpretation of it right. and the way it applies, you need to have the wisdom. Well, Jesus is that, and he left his church behind. So to have a spiritual director, a a regular um, confessor, somebody who knows you is can be very helpful. Yes. Um, to have friends uh, in, in like situations that are that are willing to challenge you, to willing to hold you accountable, but also willing to recognize when you need, you know, some encouragement or whatever is important. So seek wise counsel and build wise counsel around you so that you won't kind of go off and say, well, God's telling me this. I mean, I've, I've actually heard a man say, you know, God's telling me to leave my wife. Uh, no, no, he's not. <laughs> I promise you he's not. We so reconsider that one. Yeah. Um, Anyway, yeah, back up in number one, uh, Mr. Daffern writes, um, when you're spending time with God through Bible study and prayer, he notes that uh, the more familiar you're going to be with uh, his voice by reading the scriptures, and it's important because God, quote, will never tell you to do anything that contradicts his written word, end quote, and that's exactly what you're that's right. That's right. To and so we have to. We have to. So there's a there's a dangerousness to saying let's listen to God if we don't recognize it's always in the context of what He's already revealed. Yep. It's already in the context of the authority that He's already given. Right. Exactly. So so there are things we can know He does not want us to do, even if we think that's what He wants us to do. Right. And that's exactly what the devil did right. to G. Tried to do to Jesus. Right. Um, so. And number seven is do the last thing you know God told you to do. Now that's that's an interesting one. I love that one, but I think it's similar to what's happened to you, and and it's it's very challenging because I think a lot of us want things. I'm the worst, you know. Want God to come in and just do it all f- for you, and it's not unlike him to say okay well i'd just like you to do a little bit and then allow allow me to come and fill the blanks i had one of my one of my best friends when i was going through a difficult time um back long time ago and he said you know sometimes the best thing to do is just do the next thing and i I like this because it's a one bite at a time what is the next thing that i need to do what's the next thing that god so it actually i like it because it's it's kind of simplifies things. What's the right. next thing? Right. You know, don't worry about the 20 steps down the road. Let's just take the next step, whatever that is. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that is the way the Holy Spirit often and God often works is to, to take the step, just asking you to take that one step and then let me go. It's kind of like, you know, I'm, I'll use this because Stevie always said, you know, being married to you is like being on a roller coaster. You know, <laughs> we, let's both get on it. You know, uh-huh. that first step to get on it, uh-huh. and then and then it goes and does what it does. Yeah. Um, but I, I but I like that. I do think the Holy Spirit does want to see some obedience. I guess. Yeah, and a guy <clears throat> a guy I like to listen to uh, Taylor Marshall. He's an Aggie, whoop, um, Catholic theologian. Yeah, I've yeah. heard him speak uh, on. Something in a way similar to this. He had a, a podcast episode that was, "Have I missed or messed up God's plan for my life?" And he said, "You know, he says, no, you, you can't do that." But one way to understand it is, um, you know, maybe God had had God's plan is to take you on a Gulfstream jet to where He wants right. you to go. But if you you know, miss the gate or you don't, you don't get to the airport on time. You're not, you're not right. taking that, but he, maybe there's still going to be a, maybe you're going to be hitchhiking to get to where he needs you to get to or the next step in that, your journey. So you can, the road can be difficult or the means right. of getting there can be more arduous, but he's still going to, 
get you there. And sometimes he also will, you'll be on that arduous path and he'll come, he'll come and, and send a, a helicopter to come pick you up and right. and get you to where he I, needs you to go. So he can, you know, so that it's that analogy of how he can intervene in our lives at, at any time, even according the, to his even work, in the midst of what he is more than able yeah. to overcome even our missteps, our yeah. misturns. And that's the, always the bad. We, we are always called to do what we can do, but we always have to, trust in God's ability to do it. You know, there was a saying that I didn't really understand, but I now understand that God draws straight with crooked lines. Yeah. And he gets you, in other words, he gets you to where he wants to, even if we take detours that we shouldn't have taken, he's, he's able to get us there. So the good news is, is he's not going to just leave us alone. He's going to bring about what he, um, what he wants for us. Exactly. So, um, so anyway, I'd encourage you as parents to to um, practice this these things yourself, and then to look for opportunities to let your children um, know that God is speaking to them, and then ways that He speaks. It may be a still small voice, it may be a song that He's singing, it may be some friend or or even you as a parent that does that. So anyway, I know we're um, we're drawn to a close, so. Um, it's been fun again. Thanks, Thaddeus. You're welcome, for that. Trey. I always and, appreciate uh, it. Yeah, I, I really enjoy it. But uh, always remember, people, um, pray, parent with purpose, and prepare for God to amaze you. God bless. Talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to this local production of Red Sea Catholic Radio. Tune in next week at the same time to hear Trey and Stephanie Cashin share more on the mystery of parenthood. 